We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com, your own for everything Lakers. Welcome into Lakers, LakersNation.com podcast. Uh, don't do a ton of the live solo shows, so I apologize about the botch there. But we're live for a very special edition of the show. Month happy uh, All Star break. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys like took some time off from basketball. You know, enjoyed the family a little bit more because you know, at, us as Laker fans, we're about to be maniacs here for the next few weeks. That's a a great. Uh, that's that's why it's a great time to just subscribe to the channel, hit that like button because. Like I said, this is a crazy time of the year. The Lakers right now is about to get crazy with the schedule. It's about to get crazy with the schedule. The Lakers are about to have a brutal month of March, and they're trying to battle for a position here in the Western Conference. You're going to stay in the know with all these Lakers coverage. Now you can do that by subscribing here to the channel. Welcome in, everybody, from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be taking your questions and comments throughout tonight's show. I'm excited. I really am excited. Trevor is uh, still on vacation. He took the family on a little all-star break vacation, if you will, to uh, Disney World. No, Disneyland, excuse me, in Anaheim. I think it's Anaheim. Um, so shout out to Trev. Trev and the fam, hope you guys enjoyed your, uh, your, your little mini all-star break vacation. Uh, Trevor is not ducking the smoke. Uh, not, not, not this time at least. Um, let's see. Let's see what we have here. We're going to get to a lot of stuff here on today's show. Trying to pull up my monitor here really, really quickly. Um, already got something here. Well, first shout out to Tristan Ewing for becoming a YouTube channel member. YouTube, the LakerStation.com. Uh, YouTube membership membership program is a great way to support the channel. We have excellent perks that we offer as well, including the LakersNation.com uh, members only live show where we bring up a lot of you guys as well to join us on stage and talk Lakers basketball with us. It's a fun time. And yeah, it, uh, amongst that, a bunch of other great perks. So I highly, highly recommend you guys subscribing and becoming a, a new a LakersNation.com member. So appreciate you, Tristan. The plot, yes, this was something that like went insane today. Um, Carmelo Anthony says on the pod on a podcast with Dwayne Wade, I believe, that he was almost a Laker in 2011. I think he got super he got super specific, even with with specific trade details. He said it was 
uh, Melo and Nene for Andrew Bynum and a Lamar Odom. That was the deal. Oh my gosh. So imagine, imagine prime Kobe. Would this have been after the champion? No, this would have been after the Dallas loss, right? That this is the same timeline. Yeah, this would have been after the Dallas loss in 2011. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Like that would have been that would have went crazy. That would have went crazy. Um what is your prediction for March? So let's let's dive into that. Let, 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 let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So I'm going to pull up my the schedule for March here, right? So the Lakers down the stretch, they have uh, 26 games left. They have 26 games left. In my opinion, because they play 56, 82 games in the regular season, obviously. In my opinion, the goal should be win 16. That should be the goal for the remainder of the of the regular season. So let's take a look. Specifically, you said March, right? So, so let's take a look at the month of March. We got Denver, OKC, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento again, Golden State again, Atlanta, Philly, Indiana, Milwaukee, Memphis, Indiana, Brooklyn. The lone bright spot about the schedule in the month of March is you're in the state of California for essentially the entire month until your road trip at the end of the month, which is March 26th. You leave to go to Milwaukee. And that's a that's an East Coast trip. But you are on the West Coast the entire month. And you're more specifically, you're in California actually from March, from excuse me, from February 28th, which is the Clippers, all the way until February 24th. I mean, excuse me, March 24th which is the Pacers. You, so you have essentially a full month in California. That is a lone bright spot in this schedule. So let's start things off here. Denver, OKC. I think it may be, I'm being optimistic. I think you split that. I think you split that. I, I think in general, right? I look at the, these six games. I've talked about this in the past, right? And I did not mean that to click on this specific game. So we can really quickly back out of that. Um. I look specifically here at this six-game stretch. Denver, OKC, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento. Because that's when, when we talk about like, oh, my God, the month of February, month of March, excuse me, is brutal. That's really what people are talking about is this six-game stretch right here. If you want to include Golden State, sure. But like we're really talking about this six-game stretch because after that, it's not nearly as tough, right? You've, you've proved you could be Golden State. Atlanta's just not that good. Philly without Embiid, I'm not worried about as much. Indiana, it could be tough. I'm more worried about this Indiana game on the road, third game of a six-game road trip. Um, Milwaukee's tough. Memphis is bad. You're beating Indiana at least once, and Brooklyn's bad. So – I think when you talk about the, the month of March being a brutal schedule, we're talking about the six-game stretch here. And the goal needs to be to split. Like, if you split this six-game stretch, you can get the six seed, right? You can get the six seed and be out of the playing tournament because you're facing Sacramento twice who you're in competition with to get said six seed. So I don't know how you get there, but you got you got to split with Sacramento. You got to split with Sacramento, right? Um Really, you need to you really need to win both. But you gotta at least split. 
Because uh, now you really need to win both. Because Sacramento is already guaranteed to split the season series. You need to make that like a, a locked in split for the season. You can't let Sacramento win the season series. So you've got to win both somehow. I don't know how, but you got to find a way to do it. Got to win both. And then you got to find one more win. I, I, maybe even two. I don't know if you beat Denver. I'm just kind of worried about that matchup in general. If you're back to like relative health, maybe it's possible. Um, OKC at home, you played pretty all right against OKC this season. Um, I think you've beat them twice already. If I uh, if I you know understand correctly, yeah, you've beaten them twice. You beat them by nine. You beat them by seven. Um, once on the road and once in LA. So if you're healthy for that game, I feel okay about. Um, I keep accidentally clicking on on games, so that's my apologies there. Um, and then Minnesota, and then Milwaukee. Milwaukee's beatable, right? So if you 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 sh- you could get a win off there. Minnesota's kind of tough because that defense is just so elite, right? But I look at this six game stretch. Like I said, can you pull off three wins? You pull off three wins, you can get six slash seven. You can pull off four wins. You're in really, really good shape for that six seed as long as you take care of business. Like you beat Golden State, you beat Atlanta, you split with Indiana. And then when you get back from this road trip, you take care of Golden State again. You beat New Orleans last game of the year. You take care of like Washington and Memphis twice. So, I mean, all in all, like you play, I mean, this is kind of like the end of your year essentially right here. You play one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen games in the month of March. I don't know. You need to be like nine and five in the month of March, while also going out the out the gate out of the All Star break. And this five game show: one, two, three, four, five, being Golden State, San Antonio, Phoenix, Clippers, Washington. You need to go three and two in that stretch. So we're talking. Uh, nine and five, three and two. We're talking 12 and seven. Math. Yeah. Yep. 12 and seven. You need to be, you need to be 12 and seven heading into March. You're 30 and 26. So that puts you at 42 wins, puts you at 42 wins heading into the month of April. If you're at 42 wins heading into April, you're in a really, really, really good spot. Toronto is not good. Washington is not good. Memphis is not good. That's three wins by it by, by itself, honestly. Should be at least. Then New Orleans, so you have 45 wins now. Then New Orleans, then Golden State. Then Cleveland, then Minnesota again. Try to snag two more wins. You could potentially get to 47 wins. So I think I'd be more on the optimistic side of things there. But um I, I think that should be the goal. Like you gotta you gotta be like 12 and 7 heading into April. If you're 12 and 7 heading into April. With seven or so games left to play, and you're sitting at 42, 43 wins, you you feel really, really good about your chances of uh, of getting to the playoffs as the sixth seed, not as a playing team. You feel really, really good about that. All right, Bobby Portis with a Super Chat. Super Chats, by the way, are the easiest way to guarantee your question being answered live on the air. We appreciate any Super Chats that are donated here to the channel. Uh, Bobby. Says, would you waive Jackson Ace or PJ Tucker if we played Denver round one? PJ has an act of hauling Jokic because of his physicality. Um, no, especially not now. I feel like Jackson Ace has really, really played well right now. 
And I feel like the Lakers have done a great job of really, you know, trying to find a way where they can, you know, utilize his skill set to to its to the fullest, right? And I, I think that's where you can give Darwin some credit. That's where you can give um, Jackson Hayes himself some some credit as well for for staying bought in and and staying committed to to the system. Um, it has been a grind, but no, nah, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And then I, I missed this earlier, but what is your prediction for March realistically? Best case scenario for March, I, I, I said nine and five, so I'll up it one more win, ten and four. Worst case scenario is fifteen games. Wait, that's like fourteen games. Worst case, worst case scenario, like six and eight. So like realistically, seven and seven. <laughs> Seven and seven puts you at 37 wins with, I mean, that's not even counting the, the five game stretch. Let's say you win three, you win three out of five in the month of, uh, to, to uh, right out of the gate after the all-star break to put you at 40 wins with seven or so games left. Eh, you don't love where you're at, but there's worse places to be in. So worst case scenario is this team that like, kind of bombs out, wins like five or six games. Best case scenario, like a nine or a 10 win month of March. Which, like, I know we're saying, like, realistically speaking, but, like, that's that's not that far because this Lakers team has proven they can beat anybody. They, they dominated Indiana in the NCAA tournament. They beat Boston minus Braun and AD. They beat an OKC twice. They beat in the Clippers twice. This team has legitimate good wins. It's just can this team, like, figure it out? And like consistently, um, like put wins together. That's what we need to see, and that's why I think like ten and ten and whatever uh, uh, said uh, ten and four is kind of best case scenario. But that's kind of a realistic best case scenario because we've seen this team rattle off wins. Like if the Lakers went in this like six game stretch to start off March. Four and two, but they lose to like Denver and Minnesota. That wouldn't surprise me. And honestly, I'd be I feel pretty all right if those are the only two losses in that six game stretch. But what happens is with this year's team is they'll have that great stretch of basketball, and then they'll go lose to like Atlanta at home on two days rest or something like that, right? So that's really really frustrating. Can this team just like start to put? a string of wins together against quality opponents. Now, they've played good basketball as of late, right? Since February 1st, in the month of February, rather, they've won six to the last seven with their only loss coming to Denver at home where they probably could have won and there was no D'Angelo Russell there, right? They beat in Utah. They beat in the, the, the Pelicans. They, they And outside of that, like, New York was a, a challenge, but they beat up on Charlotte, Detroit, and I guess Utah, Right. Now we're in the in the part of your schedule where you, every win really really counts. Now you gotta beat some quality teams, and you really really have to take care of the bad teams. Like Washington on February 29th is the biggest must win of the year. You lose that game, like that that just damages your hopes in a very very strong Western Conference. All right, let's get back to the chat here. We got some questions. Go Lakers 24 says a 18 and 8 record going forward. Will net a 48 and 34 record, a third or a fourth seed last season. Yeah, and unfortunately, I feel like a 48 and 34 record 
Uh, let's see. Let, 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 let's take a look at where the West is right now. I feel like a 48 and 34 record probably nets you the five or six seed. And that's a bummer. But I don't think a 48 win record net gets you to four. I think it gets you to five, potentially. You need Phoenix to kind of drop some games. But it gets you to four. It gets you to five. It gets you to five. Forty-eight gets you to five, right? Forty-seven probably gets you to six. You play New Orleans two more times too, so you you can potentially walk out of there with the tiebreaker. But um, yeah, I don't do we. I forget if we play Dallas again or not. I think you do. Um, but yeah, BC makes a good point. Uh, yep, the front office didn't respond lightly to that embarrassing Dallas sweep. Yep. Uh, win 20 games, be a 51 team. Yep. Go 20 and six. There you go. Uh, as long as we get through those two weeks of March, first two weeks of March, about five or above 500 restraint. Really, like I said, the first six games, really the, those first six games. All right. Bobby Portis, you're fully healthy, current and playoff personal rotation. Oh, this is frustrating. This is a really good question, but it's also like a tough one. Um, Man, how do I answer this? Braun AD, automatic starting five. Braun Anthony Davis, right? Um, Austin and D'Lo, I'm cool with starting both of them with the way Austin's playing right now, right? Um. You asked me like a month ago, I would have said, no, can't really start him because Austin wasn't playing his best. But I think right now, I think the way he's playing, I think you can play them both together, right? And I'm really talking about just the off-ball fit with Austin because if he wasn't hitting like catch-and-shoot threes or whatever, then the fit of him and D'Lo together is a little less appealing. But if he is going to do that, then you can start him together. So D'Lo, Austin, Braun, Fully healthy, so we're talking Bando, we're talking Gabe, we're talking Max and Cam, all available. Um, in the regular season, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know do something that will probably never happen. It's very rare for NBA teams in general, but I'm going like 11 deep. Um, so throw in Bando into the starting five, AD obviously. So I'm going with the starting five from last year, and then uh, off the bench you got. Um, Gabe and, and Spencer and Dinwiddie, they're they're both playing. They're both playing. Uh, Torian Prince, Riachimura, one of the bigs, and then Max Christie. I think those are the 11 guys that probably need to play. Um, no Cam Reddish, and then whichever backup big isn't playing well is out of the rotation. That's my personal rotation. And then for the playoffs, we're probably talking more nine-man rotations. Um, I think it's the same starting five, and then essentially just the first four that I mentioned, Gabe, Spencer, Dinwiddie, Torian, Rui, and then based off the – depending on the matchup, we'll determine if I want to go with another big or not, and we'll determine which big, right? But I feel really, really good about where we're at um, for a playoff scenario. But um, right now, I, I, I just don't know if Vando and Gabe are able to come back, and that's very, very unfortunate. Um, let's see.
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're about, we've yet to beat Sacramento this season. Yeah. All right. Oh, this is a, this is a great question from, again, from Bobby Parts. Bobby, appreciate you. Keys to beating the Clippers, Denver, OKC, and Minnesota in the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll go through each one, actually. Um, and let's start off with Denver. They're the big bad wolf. And Denver is the is the reason why I made the I made the statement at the beginning of the season. Uh, no, maybe a, a couple of weeks after that opening night game, saying that the Lakers need to make a trade for DeMar DeRozan. The reason why I said that at the time was because there are only two ways to beat Denver. And this is my biggest key to beating Denver. There are only two ways to beating Denver. It's either A, in the fourth quarter, and this all comes down to like the fourth quarter, because we saw last year in the playoffs, every game was within the Lakers' reach, and the Lakers just kind of blew in the fourth. But there's only two ways to beat them. It's either A, you have a guy that can go unconscious in the fourth quarter for like four minutes straight and just get bucket after bucket after bucket, no matter how tough the defense is. Or B, you find a way to out-execute Denver in the fourth quarter. And for the past six matchups, right, the uh, the Western Conference Finals, four games, and then the first two games this season, every single time in the fourth quarter, Denver just out-executes the Lakers on both ends to where the, the Denver can get whatever they want on offense and the Lakers have no clue how to stop it until it's too late. And then B, the Lakers just can't like consistently put together enough offensive possessions in a row of like good offense and, and running sets or whatever that Denver can't guard, or they don't have like 
I mean, as good as Braun is, can Braun for a seven-game series four straight times just go nuclear in the four at this stage? And I hope the answer is yes, right? But from a perimeter shot-making standpoint, who on this team, and maybe the answer is still Braun. I hope it is. And Braun has the benefit of the doubt last year of being hurt, right? But um, can this team either out-execute Denver or can they – can it be Braun four times to where he just says, nope, in the fourth quarter, I am the best. I'm still one of the best freaking players on this planet. There is nobody that can guard me. Denver, to hell with you. Beat it. Because that's basically what Jamal Murray is. That's basically what Jokic is come fourth quarter, even if you shut down their sets. So that's the biggest thing with Denver. I think you, you've matched up pretty all right with them. It's just in the fourth quarter, you can't stop them. Um Next up with, with Minnesota, I think I think with Minnesota, the, the problem with Minnesota, the reason why I'm a little bit more skeptical about Minnesota right now is I don't know. They're kind of like the inverse Denver, right? Where I don't trust Minnesota right now in like the crunch, like in closing times of, of big time games. They just look super unorganized and they don't really like have an identity i feel like in late game situations um i think with with minnesota you you have to find a way to kind of like get maybe cat into some foul trouble get those two bigs like off the floor together and where maybe it's just one of them you may maybe you make them go small it's just cat as the five right and maybe try to drag gobert a little bit more out of the paint now the the good thing for minnesota is they have a, a some elite perimeter defense as well like it's it's Jaden mcdaniels it's anthony edwards it's um Nikhil alexander walker it's kyle anderson like they just have a bunch of guys but uh i think that with minnesota they worry me a little bit less because of the fact i just don't trust that team in the clutch uh whatsoever um and then uh OKC, OKC, the, the thing with OKC is can you just make life a living nightmare for SGA? Just make life as difficult as possible for Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is my vote right now for MVP. If, if things were to stand today, the they're one and a half games back of the one seed. And um, and then secondly, like, can you like can you beat up Chet a little bit? Can you beat up Chet a little bit? Can you make Giddy play a little bit more than he probably wants to, right? Um, you, you can't let the shooters get off. You can't let Isaiah Joe get off. Kaysen Wallace, Jalen, uh, J-Dub. Um, they're really, really well coached too. And then with the Clippers, I think what the Clippers is, it's kind of like a very similar thing with, with uh, the Thunder in an aspect of like SGA. You got to make life as hard as possible for Kawhi. Right. He's going to make shots. You got to make life, every possession as difficult as possible. Um, I'm kind of attacking Harden too. Right. Um, I think, and this is without me like looking at any data or whatever. Um, this is a great like conversation further along we get into the season. Um, but right now, how I would rank those four teams in terms of who would I most rather play with one being I would rather play them the most and four being the hell no Western Conference Finals at the earliest please uh number one is the thunder i would most rather play the thunder earlier than any of these other teams i think that the inexperience plus some of the flaws i do still think they have 
And I think they play a style of basketball that I think the Lakers can also kind of play. So give me the Thunder one. Like, that's the team out of those four teams. So I'm like, yep, okay, cool. We can play them tomorrow. Uh, number two is going to be the Timberwolves. Um, like I said, the lack of, like, late-game identity really kind of, like, invites, like, confrontation for me or whatever. That's maybe just, like, horrific wording, but I hope that, like, makes sense. I would more rather play them than, like, the Clippers or Denver, obviously. Third up, give me the Clippers. Um, I just think you, if you're fully healthy, you match up with them technically better than Denver. And uh, they, they're not like this unstoppable force that I feel like Denver can be. And fourth is Denver. I think Denver, when everything is clicking, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs of the NBA. They are, it gets unfair at times, right? And we kind of saw Denver do the thing they did last year, um, but a little bit earlier this time around where they just like stopped caring about basketball. And they kind of just stopped caring about basketball because it's the all-star break coming up, right? So if Denver's the four seed, um, I'm probably trying my hardest to be the six seed and avoid a first round matchup of Denver in the first round. Um, but that that that's kind of where my head is. Let me know in the comment section down below. Let me know in the chat uh, what, what your guys' thoughts are on that. Um Let's see. Let, let, let's see where else we at. Uh, got super chat here. Said we got to beat Denver. I got tickets to the game. LFG. Hey, man. There we go. There we go. All right. Let's see. Sam asked, are you concerned with LeBron's ankle? Not really. He's played on it all year for at least for the most part, right? I don't even, when was like the first like, occurrence of this ankle injury does anybody remember like it's just been on the uh on the injury report all year to where like i kind of like forgot right so if anybody would, would please be uh be willing to share that with me I, I don't even remember when he actually got hurt or when the the, the first injury uh comes up so you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see but in the long term, no, I'm not really concerned about it. It sucks that Braun might miss Thursday night's game against Golden State. Um, but in the long run, I'm not really concerned about it. Uh, I'm just now catching back up on the chat. The chat saying that New Orleans, uh, Phoenix has the tough schedule, the toughest schedule in the NBA by far. Let's let, let's take a look at Phoenix's schedule. Phoenix, by the way, is only three games up on the Lakers, if I remember correctly. Oh my God! Well, yeah, I I just saw like uh like two games of their schedule. I think they had the Clippers on a back to back. Sheesh! Oh man, yeah, this is brutal. Ew! This is this is tough. Okay, they play they play Houston three times out of the next five games. Um, they play us. They play Dallas right out of the gate. OKC twice uh denver twice boston twice in three games milwaukee and milwaukee uh new orleans twice minnesota twice the clippers back to back sacramento yeah never mind this this phoenix schedule is brutal uh and bcs that phoenix and new orleans are on pace for 49 wins at the five and six spot so yeah 48 49 wins yeah man Imagine they win 26 in a row. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think Max is playing in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, let's see. Let, let, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, who has the better coach? Uh, he's the guy who I know can guard more. I think this comment's referring to Max Christie. I think Max makes sense in a Denver series. I, I, I do think Max makes sense for a Denver series. Uh, even just waiting the March regular season, Denver game in LA would be something positive to take away from the season. Yeah, especially heading into, especially heading into the playoffs, especially heading into the playoffs. Um, Mavs would be tough. Uh, let's see. Max is the key to, to a Denver series. I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think Max, like if you have Max back, um, if you have Max back for that March 2nd game against Denver, that would be huge. That would be huge because Max is a guy that I would really heavily consider and dare I say lean on to guard Jamal Murray. I think he's had really positive film against some of those guys. Um, and yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with that. All right, this is an excellent question. I, I haven't really dived into it a ton recently, but comment here says, what are your thoughts on Spencer Dinwiddie's role with the Lakers? I've been a fan. I've been a fan of Spencer Dinwiddie's role with the Lakers, man. I think right now we, we've seen him a lot more in, in an off-ball role, which is to a certain extent fine, right? And he doesn't have to be in this, you know, on-ball dominant role um, necessarily, right? But I think that the fact that he provides such, like, legitimate off-ball, like, upside or whatever is is fun, and it allows him to be a legitimate partner in backcourts next to D'Lo or next to Austin when he comes into the game. Um, but then you also remember, like, Spencer Dinwiddie – going back to like last season in Dallas, like Dinwiddie has like great like ability to just create for himself as well. Last season in Dallas, Spencer Dinwiddie shot, uh, I'm trying to pull up just the regular season here. He shot 41.3% on, uh, on ball screen threes. He shot 43% on ball screen threes. He, he shot, his points per possession, he, he scored at a even one point per possession on isolation attempts, which is in the 70th percentile, isolation scoring possessions, right? He was, this was Spencer Dinwiddie as a scorer last season. He was in the 70th percentile as an isolation scorer, 89th percentile as a pick and roll scorer, 92nd percentile as a spot up scorer, a 63rd percentile as a dribble handoff scorer. And a 98th percentile is a post-up score, but very, very, very limited uh, data there. And then you look at Dinwiddie in terms of his ability to shoot floaters. He has a good floater. Like I said, the, the pull-up jumper, he shot 38% rounding up on pull-up threes, 43% on catch-and-shoot threes. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, I think we're seeing him right now as a more of an off-ball role, and that's kind of what he's been. You know, since he's gotten here, very, very limited sample size. 
but he's had six transition possession uh, scoring possessions, four spot up transit uh, scoring possessions, three pick and roll, two off ball, uh, two like off screen, and one ISO. I, I think with Dinwiddie, man, I think we're gonna see you know the some more of the on ball creation kind of come to fruition fruition here. Uh, the further along we get, he's 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 had a couple of really really good um, you know rim scoring possessions as well. He's the ideal six man's like microwavable scorer off the bench. Like we Trevor's talked about this a ton recently in terms of like who could who could be the the next Malik Monk for this team. It is rattle off points. And in the past, we we kind of said, oh man, it, it should just be Rui, right? It should just be Rui who could just create for himself off the bench, go get 15 points in, in seven minutes or whatever. When in all reality, that really shouldn't be Spencer Dinwiddie because of his ability to create for himself, be a legitimate off-ball scorer, while also being a very underrated playmaker. This guy is a legitimate playmaker as well. He is the sixth man of this team. And why getting him at as a Batman buyout is awesome. And there's going to be a point in time in the playoffs where we're like, damn it, I'm happy we have Spencer Dinwiddie on this team. Uh, let's see. Sir Haro says we talked about getting the six seed, avoiding the play-in, but are we locked as a play-in team, or is there a possibility we miss the play-in too? Um, I mean, you're not locked as the play-in technically, right? There is a dark timeline where you do, um, where 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 you do, you know, miss the play-in, um. I mean, right now, right now, you would have to like really fall on your face to uh, to miss the plan because right now, you know, you look at the Western Conference standings uh, really quickly, trying to pull up my screen. There we go. You look at the Western Conference standings right, right now. You're four games up on the 11 seed in the Utah Jazz. Like I said, you only have, you have 26 games left. You're four games up on the 11 seed. You would have to really fall flat on your face to completely miss out on the plan um yeah and i think to put it this way i mean i guess technically like the the distance between yourself and, and 11 isn't much bigger than yourself and five for example right which we talked about a little bit um i, I would say i think it's more likely you get up to six and you completely bottom out Right, but BC makes a good point here. All you, all we need to miss is is a injury from Braun or AD. So technically, it's possible. I just think it's more likely that uh, that you 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 make it to six than it is to bottom out. Uh, how would I feel about a seven eight matchup with the Kings? I feel really good. I feel really really good. Um, I know we haven't you know, matched up well with them in the regular season, but I think you give this coaching staff time to prep for them. I, I feel really, really good about that matchup. Tina says, hey, Sean, can you do a video breakdown of the NBA offensive and defensive schemes used? Yeah, sure. Sure. That'd be a, a really, really cool video. Um, Yeah, I can do like a whole series actually even on that. So Tina, shout out to you. Follow me on Twitter, guys, at Sean underscore DAVI. And uh, yeah, I, I would be more i'd be ecstatic to post that um we'll be on this channel obviously be more on my personal channel but follow me on twitter at sean underscore dabi and i'll uh, get more information on that i can um 
I can actually probably start recording some of this stuff tomorrow. So Tina, appreciate the comment. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that now, actually, right? Like you can do a whole series on like delay action or five up stuff, not five up stuff, crap, sorry, five out stuff, five, yeah, five out stuff. Um, you know, can make, uh, you, you got Spain pick or stack action, Spain pick and roll. Um, that's kind of like taking over the league, which where every single team in the league runs some variation of, of Spain pick and roll. Um, can talk about, you know, like, like just modern floor spacing and, and like different ideas and schemes and philosophies. So you have, how you have like, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, um, Tina, follow me on. Yeah, I, I, I'll just make sure I, I post some content. Sports Headlines podcast on YouTube. Make sure you guys check it out. Uh, if you're on the playback side, I'd normally plug it in there as well. But Sports Headlines podcast on YouTube. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think where you have you have teams, like talk about whether or not I agree with the, the philosophy of some teams that you saw with, like, uh, Mike D'Antoni and now, with like, Alabama men's basketball program, NATO tech coach where they're like super heavy straight. And this is basically like just the analytics movement in general of threes and layups. Um, I don't, and my thoughts on that in general, I think the, the threes and layups philosophy is kind of stupid. Not to like, you know, like talk down on a, on any coach's philosophy. That's just not how my brain thinks. Um but yeah, I mean, you, you got me thinking, Tina. I really do appreciate that, that idea. Really do. All right. Enough uh, geeking out. Uh, let, let, let's see what else we have here in the chat. Wrap up here in, in a few minutes. So let, let's talk about it. You know, let, let's just get to it. This is, speaking of film breakdowns, right? This is a guy that I've been wanting to do a film breakdown on for a while. I'm going to do it. Trey Young has been linked to the Lakers. And he is so polar. I never knew how polarizing this guy was. And I honestly don't even understand it. It's like I, I, I genuinely don't understand why he's like so hate it i guess right like for okay for example right baker mayfield i understand right baker mayfield i understand tina i just uh i just put the link in in, in the chat for you here on youtube i just put the link there um baker mayfield again baker mayfield was a jerk at oklahoma he was a prick right i completely understand that but i don't get the trey young hate I just don't. So no, here, here, here's my take on the rumors for for uh, for Trey to LA. And chat, let me know. Let me know your thoughts on Trey as well. I want to be clear. I am more pro get Trey Young post LeBron James era. If we're talking current with LeBron James, I have a little bit more question marks about about you know. There about the fit, and I have a little more questions about how you're gonna build out a roster, right? Because here, here's the situation that, that we're we're coming up to. Because you're going back to the three-guard method, you're going back to like not having a bunch of depth, right? Um, let's see. 
So let, let's let's pull up the good old spot track, shall we? Chat says rather have Donovan Mitchell. That's fine. And 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 again, chat. So I, I come off as a Spencer Dimwitty like supporter. I mean, it's not Spencer Dimwitty, a Trey Young supporter. There are I have question marks about it too, personally, right? So so let, let, let's take a look at the Lakers salary sheet heading into next summer. Heading into next summer. And Tina, let me know if you uh, see the link in the chat. I, I thought I put it there. So let me know if you see it. So, so let's pull this up and let's take a look here. LeBron James has a $51 million player option. Anthony Davis has a $43 million uh, salary next season. You have D'Angelo Russell who has an $18.6 million uh, trade off, uh, player option. Excuse me. Ruby's under contract for $17 million. Austin Reeves is under contract for $12.9 million. Uh, Gabe Vince is under contract for $11 million. Jerry Vanderbilt's under contract for the first year of his extension for $10.7 million. And then you have Max Christie, who's a, re who's a restricted free agent. And that's kind of it. Spencer Dinwiddie, but you don't have any bird rights on him. And then Torian Prince uh, is, is also gone, right? So we start talking about trades. Let's go find, let, let, let's go find, uh, let's go find, look at what the salaries would potentially need to look like, right? Now the Lakers, they will have three potential draft picks to trade starting this summer on draft night, right? $43 million in salary for Trey Young. I'm not going to lie. I, it's a little bit less than I thought Trey Young was gonna be making. Not gonna lie, you know, just 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 a thought, right? So immediately, the first train of thought here is goodbye, D'Lo. Goodbye. You first need probably need D'Lo to, to pick up his player option, right? You probably need that to happen. Um, goodbye, D'Lo. Probably goodbye, Austin, right? And then, so we are at now 30, no, $30 million. And then, like, is a package of, essentially what I'm getting at, is a package of D'Lo, Ruby, Austin, plus the three first. Is that enough to get a land and a say deal, right? And if you want to throw in Jalen Chapino, sure, right? So now your roster is Braun, AD, uh, Braun, AD, um, Max Christie, Jared Vanderbilt, Trey Young, Gabe Vincent off the bench. And so, wait, so yeah, Max, Max, Maxwell Lewis, Vando, Trey, Braun AD, and then the rest are veteran minimums, right? Is, is that where you're at? Are you comfortable with that, right? And then veteran minimums because of, you know, that's, kind of what your roster is looking like right you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And if you are like on, if you're not comfortable with that, I completely understand that method of logic, right? And that's kind of why I feel better about a a uh, AD and Trey Young pairing in a post LeBron James world. And the reason being is because of um, is because now there are there are less concerns. I if one, it's it's easier, it's easier to build out a roster with two stars. It's just, that's just a fact, right? It'll be $43 million of AD, $43 million of D'Lo, uh, I'm sorry, of Trey, as opposed to $51 million of LeBron, $43 million of AD, $43 million of Trey. It's just way easier. Um, it's just way easier to, to build out a roster that way, right? And then two, as good as Trey is off the ball as a, a, a spot up catch and shoot three point shooter, you're kind you're relegating one of Trey or LeBron to a more off ball focused role, and I don't know if either one of those guys want to do that, right? So, I think post LeBron, sure, LeBron on the team, I think it is right and justifiable to have concerns, right? Um. Got, they got a comment on this, too. Hey, Sean, the idea of trading for Trey while having LeBron AD in the contract is not pleasing to me. Much rather have Lori. That makes sense. I understand that idea, right? Lori is a proven off-ball fit, especially you want to kind of, like, keep the ball more in uh, in, 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 in the LeBron's hands and stuff like that. I completely understand that method of, of logic there, right? What I don't understand is people saying, oh, my God, Russell Westbrook is better than Trey Young. This is worse than Russell Westbrook, which is complete false because one of the biggest reasons why Russell Westbrook didn't work is because he was a bad off-ball player. And he like, and Trey is just legitimately like a generational playmaker, like which is, is true. They're, they're both bad defenders. Trey's a better three-point shooter by far. Trey's a better scorer in general. Right. So I won't go as far as to say it's a um, it's as bad as, you know, Russell Westbrook. I will say there are general like there are legitimate like reasons to be skeptical. Right. But it's not the worst thing ever. And Trey Young is a legit superstar. That's a number one option on this team. Uh, that's a legitimate number one option on a on a team. He, he's a also a proven he's a proven playoff performer as well so i understand the skepticism but I, I i think it's getting like too much hate now if we were to talk about um if we're talking about like ranking the three Kyrie, 
Donovan Mitchell training. I've talked about this in the past as well. I think it depends. I think it depends, right? When you talk about ranking Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, and, and, and uh, Kyrie Irving, I have two different rankings, right? My my LeBron involved in the timeline rankings would be Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie, and uh, Trey Young last. That's how I would rank it. Uh, and I would maybe even consider flip-flopping Kyrie and uh, and Donovan Mitchell, making Kyrie one. Right. Um, actually, I think I would do that. I think I flip it. Keep Kyrie, Don Mitchell, Kyrie, like LeBron's on the team. I'd probably flip that. Kyrie number one. Right. If it's post LeBron, then it, it flips entirely. And it's Trey one, Donovan two and uh, Kyrie Irving three for me, at least. Right. So that's how I think. Uh, BC says, I thought he was shooting like 34% at the rim. Uh, who, Trey? Trey's a bad finisher. He's not 34% bad. 34% bad, you're probably out of the league. Like, that. that's just how bad that is, right? But let's do like, let's do one more comment that we'll get out of here. One more comment, chat. Chat, fire away anything you guys want to know. I, I mean, I'm really excited for the second half of the season. Tina has to be pumped up. For that film break, for the for the film breakdown series, if you will. Um okay, so now so see now we're finally starting to agree with me. Yes, that that's essentially where I'm at. Post LeBron, gimme Trey. Currently, I'm probably lean more Donovan Mitchell Kyrie if they're available. I think there are legitimate and Kyrie's contract is like insanely nice, if I recall correctly. Didn't Dallas like get him on like some bargain of a contract. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, $40 million for Kyrie. When you look at what some of these other dudes are making. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I think Cody wrote to finish the story? LOL. Yes, I do. All right, guys. I appreciate you guys for hopping in here for a impromptu edition of the LakerStation.com podcast. This was a fun show. Trevor Lane will be back very, very soon. He's still enjoying his uh, vacation with the fam. Um, yeah. Appreciate you guys so, so much for tuning in. This was a fun show. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button and subscribe here to the LakerStation.com YouTube channel. Um, until next time, everybody. See ya. Stay safe. Go freaking Lake Show. We're almost back with Lakers Nation basketball. Till next time. See ya. Stay safe. Peace out, guys.